This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Chapter 6, tonight in your Bibles. We started a new series a week ago, or two weeks ago, where we're taking a more in-depth look at what Jesus taught his disciples about this matter of prayer, uh, instruction for all of his disciples, including you and me. So in Jesus' model prayer, Matthew 6, we find, we're going to consider tonight, a second protocol for prayer. In other words, Jesus taught the disciples the proper and productive way of praying as prescribed by the Savior. Jesus taught the disciples how to talk to him as God. Harold Vaughn observes the model prayer could also be called uh, the disciples' prayer. Quote, because it contains elements that the Lord never needed to pray during his ministry here, such as forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. All right? And so it really is the disciples' prayer. John 17 gives us the Lord's prayer. Remember, he prayed for the disciples, and he also prayed for sheep that would yet be given to him, you and me. And it comforts me to know that the Lord prayed for me because he always gets answers. But this is the disciples' prayer. This is what we need to pray to the Father. So last week we were encouraged by the Father protocol, whereby we cry, Abba, to our Father, which is in heaven. We looked at different texts that help us with that. We noted that God is always there for us. He knows us, accepts us. We've placed our faith in Him, in in Christ, so that we can be one of His children. He loves us as He loves the Son. He is for us. He likes us and is always available to us. What a Father we have. Now these truths should motivate us to come running to our God anytime and all the time. I think we're going to get to heaven and, and for the average Christian, we're going to regret that we didn't pray more. There may be other things that we wish we had done differently, but I, I believe that when we see the heavenly realm and the reality of that and our Lord, uh, the songwriter said, uh, I wish I had uh, him, given him more. Thank you. But I think the giving for many Christians, I wish I had just prayed more. What an opportunity I, I had, and I didn't, I didn't take the opportunity to go to my Father. Yet as we pray to our Father, we must be consumed with His glory, the glory of His name. And so, the second protocol that we're going to look at tonight is hinged on those words, Hallowed be Thy name. We're going to be looking tonight at the reverence protocol, the reverence protocol. 
The model prayer for many is simply a monologue to be repeated in hopes of bringing blessing on an event, a school event, maybe a sports game. And Vaughn mentions in his book, he can remember as a young person, uh, before uh, ball games, they would repeat uh, the Lord's Prayer. And then they'd all go out and play like a bunch of pagans. Uh, you know, it just, it, it was something, well, we wanted God's blessing, but then we kind of brushed that, now it's, now it's time to get on with the game. And, and, uh, and oh, but when the next game came around, well, we, we said the Lord's Prayer again. School events. Uh, in, in my past, being raised in a Christian home, uh, but on my dad's side, a lot of family members who didn't know the Lord, they weren't believers. I can remember family reunions that always started with the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you have similar remembrances. Uh, certainly many will think back before they were saved on religious services that always uh, included the Lord's uh, prayer, repeating uh, Matthew chapter 6. And, uh, and for a lot of professing Christians who are religious, maybe don't have a relationship with the Lord, a church service didn't seem complete unless at some point we quoted uh, what many think of as the Lord's Prayer. But again, in those instances, many times what follows the prayer at the event often dishonors the Lord since there is little regard for His worthiness or His holiness. A lot of religious people put on the religious hat on Sunday. They'll go to a service Repeat, our Father which art in heaven, and, and, and on and on. And then during the week they just live like the lost people that they are. And then the next Sunday, well, again, the Lord's Prayer. For his disciples, why did Jesus place, hallowed be thy name, chapter 6 and verse 9, you'll see it there, right after Naming his father. That's what we want to take up and consider tonight. Because God's name, his kingdom, and his will come before all human requests in order of importance. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now why do we mention also his kingdom and his will? It's so important that before you get done with the model prayer, how does, how does Jesus instruct his disciples to pray? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Right? So at the beginning, hallowed be thy name, thy will be done. At the end, thine is the kingdom, the power, and what? The glory. So like bookends... This is what needs to be our focus when it comes to whatever else we pray. And the Lord has prescribed what that praying should be as well. So what does the word hallowed mean? It means to exalt, venerate, consecrate in our minds, and to consider uh, in a place all its own. Hallowed be thy name. That name represents the God of eternity. 
In fact, everything that happens ought to bring glory and honor to his name. And he has exalted that name above every name, which, by the way, is why as Christians even, we should never take that name in vain, either uh, as a swear word, uh, frustration, uh, or to just take it lightly. I don't know how, I, I think most of the time I'm tempted, somebody, I hear Christians say, my God. And I want to pause on it and just say, what did you just say? Well, I, I, I said, my God, is that what you meant? Don't just sling that around. So to venerate, consecrate in our minds to consider it a high, a, the high, of, of having the highest place. I think in heaven two things are going to happen. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And then at those names there, again, there's going to be, I, I can just imagine the throngs in heaven also rising in honor and praise. So as we approach God, we acknowledge and appreciate that He is, this is again what Vaughn says, two words, holy other or Holy, another, separated from anything else that God has created. He is in a category, in a realm, all of his own. And except for his revelation and his intervention, you and I would not even have a clue about that other realm. He is distinct from all created things and worthy of their praise and service. I love to hear birds sing. I'm amazed at how early they get up. <laughs> but do you know as they sing, they have no other cause for singing than to bring glory to their creator. They, they just, that's what he made them to do. And the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows its handiwork. They're part of that too. So have you ever considered that holiness is the only attribute of God? This goes along with his hallowed name. The only attribute of God emphasized in triplet. When Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. Remember that? Isaiah chapter 6. He heard the seraphim. Now, these are not earthly entities. These are angelic beings that are going to wow us one day. But these angelic beings were created to do this one thing. And I'm going to show you this in a little bit. But these, these seraphim are saying this in Isaiah 6 and verse 3. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. He has filled up his creation with that which glorifies him. Holy, holy, holy. Isaiah didn't hear love, love, love. Now I'm not diminishing love. In fact, the Bible does, does it not tell us God is? He's love. But that's not what they're saying as they hover in the throne room. 
Or we don't read peace, peace, peace. Take your Bible and go over to Revelation chapter 4 and verse 8. So we go from Isaiah all the way through the scriptures to the last book in the Bible, the New Testament. Millennia removed from Isaiah's time. And what are they still saying in heaven? Look at it with me. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night. Those, that's amazing. What are they saying? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. That's our God. Now here's the point. When you and I get alone with God and we start working through this model for prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, I know you love me. I know you want to hear from me. You're my heavenly dad, but you're God Almighty. And so I recognize as I come into your presence now, I cannot even begin to comprehend Though you've given me snapshots into the throne room to see what that is. And even that overwhelms me. When I come into your presence, uh, Lord, my voice joins the voice of myriads of angels and seraphim. And they all recognize above everything else, you are holy. Hallowed be thy name. I think sometimes it's good just to, when we enter his presence, just to be quiet and to consider. Now, there are times for flare prayers where you've got to run in and you've got to speak fast because, God, I need you right now. But when it comes to our own worship before the Lord, I think we just need to humble ourselves on our faces before God, be quiet. And consider. Hallowed be thy name. Now entering the sacred place of prayer requires us to reverence God's person with our breath, our entire being, and our doing. This helps us understand why if we regard iniquity in our hearts, God won't hear us. He's not going to play that game. You go on his terms, not your terms. Why is he offended? These people draw nigh to me with their mouths, but their hearts are what? Far from me. You don't approach God that way. Hallowed be thy name should then permeate all the rest of what we pray. Thy will be done. Hallowed be thy name. Give us this day our daily bread. Hallowed be our, thy name. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Hallowed be thy name. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Do you know what, our, what that is really saying? What, that's what our English translation says. But do you know what the, the literal wording there is? It's literally, Lord, don't allow me to be drawn into temptation. 
but deliver me from evil. Now, we know that that also is what it says is because in James, what are we told? God doesn't tempt anybody. We are drawn away of our own lusts and enticed. So Lord, you see all through my day, you know what's waiting for me out there. Don't allow me to be drawn into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Why? Well, because evil can get me in trouble. Evil can do this. and, and Primarily because evil causes me no longer to bring glory to your name. Hallowed be thy name. So whatever we utter when reflecting on these phrases, it should be preceded by, hallowed be thy name. I have shared with you that for a number of years now, in fact, early in my ministry, God just brought me to, to understand through study and meditation what Matthew 6 was all about. Uh, we have some discipleship material, uh, Foundations for Christian Living, and there's, there's a whole part of that where I delineate what the Lord's model prayer is saying. And we've looked at that together here, and I'm encouraging you, disciple new believers, and, and take them through that material. But I have discovered as I do this daily, working through this model, that I catch myself now saying, hallowed be thy name, and then I'll go to the next part of the outline, what God wants me to talk to him about. But through the lens of exalted, glorified, venerated, be thy name. Now throughout God's word, have you recognized how those who honored God's holiness also recognized his almightiness. Those who truly reverenced the Lord came before him with amazement, with fear, with humility. Again, to quote Harold Vaughn, quote, when God manifests himself in time, the pervading sense of his holiness grips people. Awe of him overwhelms the worshipers. Conviction seizes sinful souls and leads people to confession, cleansing, and ultimately celebration. We don't have time tonight to do this, but you see really even a reverse where, where we have Solomon. Remember when the temple was dedicated, Solomon's temple? Where Solomon is doing what we're talking about but it's, it's in reverse in this way. He begins to glorify God for who God is. And what was God's response? He showed up in his glory. The Bible says that, that you've got these choirs around Solomon's temple, which, by the way, was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. History records that. And, and they're worshiping and all the sacrificing is taking place. And Solomon gets on his face before God. Here's the king. And he prays to the Lord. And they have to suspend parts of the worship. Why? Because God comes down. The Shekinah glory fills the temple mount. And they can't even see. 
So in reverse, God says, that's what I want, and I'm going to show you that that's what I want when I bless it with my presence. What are some other examples of what we're talking about? I'll give you a couple of references. Psalm 89 and verse 7. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. When we worship here collectively, corporately, that's what he wants. Feared in the assembly. Reverence. To be had in reverence of all them that are about you. Now I'm tempted to get on a soapbox, Pastor Coles, and to talk about contemporary worship. It doesn't look like that, a lot of it. It does not look like that. Notice how Daniel prayed, Daniel 6 and verse 10. The Bible says he kneeled down upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. His true knowledge of God resulted in respect and worship. So we would have to say this, frivolity will not do when approaching the Lord. Realize in heaven there won't be any no, I think we'll laugh. But in front of the throne, no frivolity. A hushed awe. And I think it's going to then break out with singing. We'll need glorified ears because the universe will ring. A guest visiting a church was overheard saying, I don't want to be entertained when I go to church. Sounds like he had been to some of these other churches. He said, I don't want to be entertained when I go to church. I want to encounter God. When people come into good news, they should be able to tell by our worship, including our music, that we are encountering the God of the Bible, not some version of God that we've contrived in our own minds. I watch and I listen as you sing. And I, my heart is lifted up over and over and over again because this place rings with praise. It's not you as an audience watching performers. It's not that. You are lifting your voices in praise to God. And by the way, who is the audience? That's why I struggle with these these worship teams. God didn't call us to watch somebody else worship. We are to worship because the one who is the audience of our song He's God. He's God. And so our approach to God demands the protocol of reverence. So as we close, let's reflect on some things. Our study reminds us 
There is more to prayer than getting things. Our primary motivation must always be to give him the honor he deserves. The king in all his glory is worthy of our praise. Now please understand that doesn't mean we shouldn't ask for things. But you need to understand how this works. The Lord says you have not because ye ask not. In fact, he tells us, if you have a need, ask for it. All right? He also says that there are two reasons why we ask. He says the first one, Jesus taught this in John's gospel, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. But then he says this, so that your joy may be full. So when you ask for what you need, Lord, this car is being pushed down the road by your angels. I need help. Okay. What are you admitting? God, I can't do this, but I acknowledge you can. So Lord, you said you'd supply all my needs and it's too far to walk when you live in Hampton Roads. Okay, so Lord... If, if you will answer, I'll be thankful for whatever you give, but if you will answer, I will give praise to your name. Lord, if you do it, I'll tell it. That brings him glory. And Lord, my joy will be full to see how you answer. That pleases him, but that's the way we need to approach our asking. His glory. It all is about the honor he deserves. And then let me just close with this question tonight. Will you use Jesus' teaching in Matthew 6 to pray in such a way that God's name, his kingdom, and his will will proceed and permeate all your other requests? When Renee and I had a full quiver, and we joke, our quiver quivers, all right? Um, one of the things the Lord laid on our hearts, and our kids can tell you this early on, we needed bigger, dependable vehicles, okay? And we would say, Lord, this is going to reflect on how you take care of your kids as we try to take care of ours, who are yours, and so we would begin praying for a vehicle, but we'd gather the kids around and we'd say, what color do you want it to be? And they would, we want it to be blue. We want it to be white. They'd all, and somehow they were united in their thinking on that. I don't even know how that happened. So we'd begin to pray for our next vehicle to be a certain color. And over and over, I would pull up into the driveway a newer vehicle and that color. Now why did we do that? Because we are tired of the previous color. No. Because we wanted them to understand it's about God's glory. We want to be able to give Him praise. And that's the way we need to view things. When you pray, it's all about His name being exalted. May we approach the throne that way. Let's stand together. I've asked Pastor Ned 
to be ready tonight. He's going to come and lead us in a song. We're not going to have instruments. But I think when he announces our hymn, you'll understand. Sing it as a prayer in your hearts and worship to the Lord. If you need your hymn book at 68, holy, 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 one stanza. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to Thee. just sung in your presence a prayer worship we acknowledge through the lens of scripture that we've joined a reality in heaven where seraphim hover where saints bow where angels sing You are our Father in heaven. But Lord, hallowed be thy name. And God, would you free us from the attachments of this world that we might approach you with heavenly eyes and holy hearts. Be glorified through us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.